0: IVM. You are listening to The Signal Daily. Brought to you by Front Page Studios. To all the gamers out there, we've got some exciting news for you. It seems like YouTube, which is one of the biggest hosts for streaming video games, is looking to expand its gaming ambitions, according to a recent report by Wall Street Journal. Google, the parent company of YouTube, is considering online games as a potential source of income for the platform. The report states that YouTube has invited its employees to test a new product called Playables, which will grant users direct access to online games on YouTube platform. Whether you're using an Android or iOS iPhone or Windows you'll be able to enjoy these games on YouTube's website or through the app. Although the report doesn't mention all the games available for testing, it does highlight one specific game called Stack Bounce. It's an ad-supported arcade game where you break layers of bricks using a bouncing ball. Sounds like a fun way to pass the time, right? Now, here's the interesting part. YouTube already generates revenue from gaming live streams. But this new product will offer an additional way to generate income from the gaming industry, especially as ad spend has declined 2.6% year-on-year in the past three quarters. By the way, this has nothing to do with Stadia, Google's OG game streaming service that was to integrate YouTube communities with it. That's because it was eventually discontinued as it had less than a 5% share of the cloud gaming market. Now, not that the new service is very different in approach. Google had then said that it saw Stadia as the future of gaming, quote-unquote, not a box but a place to be, just like the real world. You see, YouTube already has a substantial audience and with the addition of online games, it will likely attract more. That's the furrow Netflix is ploughing too with its gaming service where users can access casual games on mobile devices. In fact, Netflix is also planning to expand into TV games that use smartphones as controllers. So as you see, it's not just YouTube that's interested in gaming. Other streaming services and big technology companies are also betting on gaming. Why, you ask? Well, the gaming industry is growing at a compound annual growth rate of 28 to 30%. In fact, according to a PWC report, the global gaming industry could be worth $321 billion by 2026. Now that's a big sweet pie and everyone wants a slice of it. By the way, that's not the only interesting development at YouTube. The platform is integrating an AI-powered dubbing tool to help creators automatically dub their videos into different languages. This tool developed in collaboration with Aloud, a Google-backed AI dubbing service, will make it easier for creators to reach a wider international audience. But anyway, what do you think? As a user, will you play ball? For the next few minutes, you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I'm Manaswini, and this is the deep dive for 26 June 2023. The 16 months old war between Russia and Ukraine saw an unlikely twist last Friday. Yevgeny Prigozhin chief of Wagner Group, left the battlefield in Ukraine and ordered his 25,000 troops to march on the Russian capital, Moscow. Prigozhin's objective was to secure quote unquote" justice. Now, the euphemism did not hide the fact that President Vladimir Putin was facing a coup. The confrontation had been building up for a while. The warlord was not seeing eye to eye with Russia's generals. Now, in a series of audio recordings posted on Telegram, Prigozhin said, and I quote, evil of Russia's military leadership must be stopped, end quote. On 23rd June, he even told Russians through the social media that the whole justification for the war was a lie and merely an excuse for a small group to promote themselves. He was presumably pointing at Russian army leaders. Prigozhin's relations with Kremlin The much grander Russian equivalent of the White House have been crumbling and the chasm between him and his friend Putin has been widening. He was earlier known as the chef because of his company's catering contracts with Kremlin. But increasingly, his mistrust of the Russian leader grew. The latest escalation was rooted in a suggestion that by July 1st, all private mercenaries should join Russia's army structure and signed contracts with the Defence Ministry. Prigozhin flatly refused, seeing it as an attempt to limit his influence in the war. The Kremlin didn't take this lightly as well. In a televised address, President Putin called the provocation quote-unquote treason and a stab in the back of our country. As Wagner mercenaries came closer, civilians in Moscow were advised to stay at home. The Russian Federal Security Agency, the FSB, opened a criminal case against Prigozhin, accusing him of armed mutiny. The troops meanwhile seized military bases and shot down several Russian fighter aircraft on the way. But the vehicle suddenly stopped about 200 kilometers away from Moscow on Saturday and turned back as Prigozhin ordered them to their base in Ukraine. Reports say that a deal was struck between Prigozhin and Kremlin with Putin's close ally and president of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, acting as a mediator. In fact, the announcement was made from Lukashenko's office. According to the terms of the deal, Prigozhin would leave Russia for Belarus and the latter would drop criminal charges against him. His soldiers will also not be prosecuted. Those who want will sign contracts with the defence ministry and will be absorbed into the army. Now the thing is, this short-lived armed rebellion has raised speculations that Putin's grip on power is loosening. But at the same time, the fact that it was short-lived suggests that the Russian president has not yet lost control. Now what will be the impact of the episode on the Ukraine war? The most apparent one is the loss of a large number of fighters. As the Economist points out, and I quote, If Wagner forces do return to the field, mistrust between mercenaries and regulars will be worse than over. If they are sidelined, Russia will lose up to 30,000 soldiers. They will find it hard to replace them. End quote. Is this good news for Ukraine? Well, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky says, and I quote, Russia's weakness is obvious. And the longer Moscow keeps its troops and mercenaries in Ukraine, the more chaos it would invite back home. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at the rate the the Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written and researched by Anoop and Charmika. Edited by Dinesh Narayanan. Produced by me, Manaswini, Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvana. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are the Signal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.